Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio, an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome everybody to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show that is grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit, a show for you and by you. We're hoping to provide a virtual community, creating conscious conversation and the opportunity to have a place to delve a little deeper into life in a way that you might not do on your own. So we are here to offer you a perspective from both worlds, the world of psychology and the world of spirituality. My name is Callie Alpert. I'm here with my dear friend, co-host and spiritual psychotherapist, Steve Hassenberg. Hey, Callie. Hey. You know how gorgeous it is here today? Well, tell me. I hear billowing. it's very cumulus, like billowy. Billowing white clouds and sparkling sea. <laughs> And it rained all night. When it rains in L.A., we get clouds. Other than that, it's just blue. Mm-hmm. So it's so very that, special. So that's like a season for you, then. That's probably why you're so taken by it. I am so taken by it. I'm I'm, I'm just blown away. <laughs> you're high on clouds. It's so <laughs> nice to know. So we ask our listeners today, would you agree that most people want to live a friendly and peaceful existence? And what is the magic sauce to get there? How adept are you at sending extra love to yourself? And how about feeling tenderness toward people you don't even know? And if we're going to take that a step further, dig a little deeper, have you ever considered practicing thoughts of loving kindness toward those that you're inclined to highly dislike or disagree with? So today, meeting life's challenges with loving kindness We are going to talk about the single greatest spiritual tool to create peace within and without for yourself and for the world. We're going to learn a beautiful loving kindness meditation from Steve's back pocket of many meditations. And we're going to offer you action steps to help you incorporate loving kindness more fully into your life and get through some of life's most difficult mountains. So let's start with what loving kindness is and the origins, which are really rooted in Buddhism? Yeah, they're, they're rooted in Buddhism, and what loving-kindness is, it's a selfless kind of generosity, and the word selfless is underlined. In capitals. In capitals, and in, in quotes. A selfless type of generosity towards self and others. And it comes from a long tradition of Buddhism. Buddhism, of course, the Buddha, for people at home that don't know, the Buddha was hanging out around 2500 B.C. in India. Under a tree. Well, under the tree was a whole other story. Under the Bodhi tree. Right. It was under the Bodhi tree that he gained enlightenment. Right. But what he came, what he realized was that being a good friend to himself was one of the keys to his liberation. Mm. And so you're saying that's where it started with the idea of self-love. It started with with self-love, um, but he also, as we're going to talk about today, he also had to love the parts of himself that he disliked. Mm-hmm. where he had distaste for. Mm-hmm. And so by loving those narratives and also loving who, his, let's say, what his essence was, he gained enlightenment. I he think gained that sounds, freedom. I think that sounds like a dang good goal. Don't you like it? I do. I like that. You know, I do. I also want to invite anybody who would like to join us to share stories, ask questions, 
get some free guidance, some insights and ways that we can perhaps help you, please join us. Um, You can call in. The number is 816-251-3555. That is 816-251-3555. We would love to hear from you. So when we think about loving kindness, um, and like you just stated, the root being toward ourselves, and we will get in and do a deeper dive into all the ways that that can show up in our lives, all the, um, the ways to sort of pursue self-love. We're also talking about loving other people. We're talking about loving other people that we already love, which is probably the easiest one to check off the list. We're also talking about loving people that are uh, what they'll refer to as um, invisible to us or strangers. And then the one that's sort of of the highest minded is, I think in my opinion anyway, is the idea of sending loving kindness to people that we flagrantly oppose, dislike, ruffle our feathers, are politically antithetical to everything we believe in. Um, foreign leaders that we don't support, whatever it may be, right? So there's different prongs to the idea of loving kindness, aren't there? Yeah, there are different levels. And in in the technique, what they say to do is start with yourself. Mm -hmm. So practice these phrases, and we'll hear about those phrases after the break today. And um, use those phrases in a way that warms you up, that creates a sense of well-being, mm-hmm. that stimulates you, maybe for the first time, to think of yourself in a very beautiful, loving, kind, tender, gentle way, instead of perhaps the self-criticism that most people employ against themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a wonderful tool to use to overcome self-doubt, self-hatred, self-criticism, self-diminishment. Mm. And uh, you and I are going to talk about how that works. And that's really, that's the root in, in some ways. Um, like you said earlier, I mean, that is sort of the core and the crux of everything is how we show up in the world is always a an extension or a reflection of how we feel about ourselves Right. At the purest, wouldn't you say even just that from a psychological perspective at the purest form that everything starts there, that if we're going to magnetize good things and good people and experiences and joy, that we have to fill our cup up with that as much as possible first. Uh, there are two ways to say that in India, they say the world is as you are. Mm. And I always love that phrase. Yeah. And so from a psychological point of view, if you're very self-critical, your tendency is to be very self-critical. Right. And that would mean toward everybody or many people or people with ideology that's different than yours. And uh, if you're extremely self-critical, you tend to be a very black and white kind of person in terms of your opinions. So we covered this on our show um, a while back when we were talking about the idea of um, loving ourselves. Um, but it's important. So let's talk about it again here again, because it's sort of the foundation through which this whole topic really stems and springs. I think that a lot of people, you know, I, even me, as I get deeper into this topic and deeper into my own personal practice and process, I learn more about what self-love means. You know, I mean, they say that ideally you want to treat yourself the way you would your best friend. And for whatever reason, it becomes, it's more reflexive and natural and organic for us to do it for somebody else than for ourselves. But that's a really nice, basic, easy way, I think, to just sort of keep that in mind. You know, as I was thinking about the show today, I was thinking about, um, you know, this comes in so many forms. Like you said, it has to do with self-criticism or lack thereof, um, accepting ourselves more, not beating ourselves up, giving ourselves permission to be imperfect, uh, forgiving ourselves for for actions that we might not be proud of, trying to embrace our shame. I mean, it comes in so many limitless forms. The other one I was thinking about earlier today has to do with loving our stories, the ones, mm-hmm. the stories that we don't feel compelled to love, mm-hmm. the ones Beautiful. that are, you know, like patterns that we have, or as you would call them, um, our vasanas, our our longstanding karmic stories you know, the commonalities in our life's challenges that tend to crop up again and again and again Mm -hmm. that feel, I speak from experience because I've got a good handful of them, that feel so persistent 
and unrelenting and annoying. And just when I think I've spent X amount of years processing this or undoing this or learning therapy to do get better X, Y, Z, um, to get rid of some of these stories, they are still around. And what I've learned to do is to try to send them more love and more acceptance as mm -hmm. a way to um, soften them and, and dilute them or transmute them, right? Because they continue to show up because they need more love and more attention from us. Well, they're looking for that. Right. They're looking for, they're looking for a way out of their predicament. Right. <laughs> so they. we always make it an object, right? It's better to make these things objective and so you can work with them more easily. Uh, but they're looking for resolution through us. So if we have a more gentle and open heart toward them, a more welcoming heart, then they're more apt to resolve or to evaporate in our presence. As a matter of fact, if you had a completely loving heart and one of Are those... Are you talking about me? you looking at me? You talking to me? You're the universal I'm using. Okay. So if you had a fully open heart and one of these old narratives would came about, what would happen is it would dissolve in a moment. Mm. And so that's what happened to the Buddha if we bring it back to loving kindness. There were all these circumstances that happened to him when he sat under the Bodhi tree and all of his dark shadow aspects and energies came and he sat through them with a welcoming, loving heart, and they dissolved as they met him. The one that, the one that comes to mind that I know you talk about um, a lot, and that's the loudest to learn from the story, is when he was basically deluged with, was it arrows that were being Well, yeah, the last thing that, him, right? the last trial by fire for the Buddha, while he sat under the tree was that Mara came. Mara is the goddess of death. So his own death came to him. Mm. And he sat mindfully through his own death. And Mara's army um, shot flaming arrows at him to kill him. And they landed around his body. And as they landed, they blossomed into gorgeous flowers. And that means he had transcended death. And that was because he allowed it. He, he, he welcomed the situation in a non-resistant and surrendered way. Is correct. that the simple kind of moral he, of the story? The moral of the story was he wasn't afraid. And he welcomed everything, as you say, with a beautiful, loving heart. Right. And so transmuted it because of that. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's it's interesting how I just think about you know, when we're sensitive souls and we're on a spiritual ride, you know, it, it's almost like I said this to one of my dear friends last night who was going through some stuff. And I said, you know, it's always going to be this way for us. We're always going to be feeling things. We're always going to be calling each other and happen to catch each other when someone's crying about something, you know, when you're made a certain way, um, it, this, this, this kind of, uh, tests or, awareness or sensitivities um, seem to always be with you. It's just, you know, how we're, and so with that, you know, when I think about um, like recent themes that have come up for me and I sit with whatever it is that I'm feeling reactive to or something that somebody did that hurt me when ultimately it's never about what anybody does to you, you know, and once I get past the reaction of it and just sort of sit and go deeper with where that trigger and reaction is coming from, and then I decide to send it love and acceptance and loving kindness. It is amazing how palpably, sometimes within a few minutes, it really feels like it goes away. Absolutely. It's real. I swear, it's really, It's, it's and I'm saying this to our listeners, it's really a magical thing if you continue to just decide to catch yourself in those moments where you're feeling deeply challenged by something and you're feeling like there's no way out and your circumstances, and again, not minimizing difficult circumstances, but this is universal regardless of what you're going through, mm -hmm. small, large, difficult, global, individual, that if you sit and practice this kind of trajectory that we're describing, it really does help. 
because I'm living proof that it gets easier to deal with things being the arrows being thrown our way or you are living proof, Kelly. Well, I'm I'm a work in progress, but you're thank you for for checking a few you know a little bit of my uh, my progress report off the list. So this brings us to what Buddha said, and uh, on this topic, your enemy is your best friend. Right. And so why? How is it possible that your enemy could be your best friend? Because the enemy elicits and stimulates the parts of us that need work. And that's right. what you just said. But I wanted to frame it from with the Buddha's quote because it makes it very interesting. Yeah, thank you. And as from your professional streamlining voice too, it's helpful just to hear it that way. So I think we've and we've talked about the um, the idea of loving kindness toward ourselves, the foundation from which this whole concept, also known as meta, right? M E T T A. Meta is the Pali P A L I which is the old language in India, like Sanskrit and Pali. It goes back 2,500 years. Oh, I don't speak Pali yet. I didn't know about Pali. <laughs> and meta means friendliness. Mm-hmm. Friendly toward. to self and others. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the idea of sending love to strangers. Wow. You know, you and I have swapped stories about this one. I know that, you know, often people will say that they send a blessing or they heard that somebody's lost somebody, you know, a a relative has passed or somebody that they don't know or twice removed is going through a difficult time. And they'll say, um, you know, they're in my thoughts and prayers or I'll send them a little extra something. But this, I I think it might've been Danielle Laporte. Somebody once spoke to this in the last two years where I read it or heard it. And they said, make sure you really do it. Like make sure you really take that moment to follow up with what you're saying, perhaps breezily or it might be well-intended, but really take a minute to send that energy out. So when I think about the idea of sending love to strangers, you know, whether it's someone that you pass on the street who looks troubled or challenged or um, people that I know we've encountered, I, you have a cute, we both have stories about people that we've sort of fallen in love with um, spontaneously for no particular reason in the course of our day, right? You have your Gelson's lady. I do have my Gelson's lady. Are you what ready? Happened? For, yeah, what I'd happened to... with my Gelson's lady? Yeah. So I was buying some flowers for, I think, for my daughter. And um, I was in one of these moods that I get into now and then. I was Which in one? this. I was in this mood before I saw her. Mm. which was a a kind of a great um, outpouring of love. And um, I saw her, and while she was making the flowers, I fell in love with her. Mm. And uh, to understand that, you have, she's not somebody that you would romantically fall in love with, and that's an important distinction. Right. It was just a stranger, and she was putting all this wonderful care with bows and cellophane into these flowers. And it was just, it overwhelmed me. And, um, you know, I told her how happy I was that she had made the best flower arrangement mm. that I'd ever seen. And she was tickled and I gave her some money. Mm. So that that kind of experience uh, and it doesn't have to be love for a stranger, even though that's what happened. It could be enormous compassion for somebody. Right. It, it could be a blessing that you give to a homeless person. Yeah. So that's what we're getting at. Yeah. 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 Definitely. It's um. It's a beautiful thing when, because I've had those experiences too, and I, I'm not sure why they happen. Perhaps they happen because the more you, you put your attention on this sort of concept and the more you try to foster it in all your little ways, it starts to cumulatively grow inside of you like a muscle. I'm just guessing. I would say um, yes. So there have been times where I've had these, um, you know, a good, like the sun is shining. I mean, everybody does to some degree, right? The sun is shining and a good song comes on the radio. And this has happened to me a lot in this last year of COVID 
where when I see just sort of the good people of the world, just strangers setting up tents outside of small, humble restaurants to try to summon up a little bit more business in the wintertime, or I drove by a house a few months ago where um, somebody on a little porch had their heater, you know, like these professional industrial strength heating lamps underneath like a, you know, a tent on a little personal porch, something that you wouldn't necessarily see at somebody's home. And I just thought, um, I was just very, very touched by that. And I just felt like I had a little bit of, as woo-woo as it sounds, a little moment of um, silent communication with this woman who was on her porch, even though we didn't know each other. Um, But I think probably what's more actionable here is to really think about all the times in your day when you have a little extra space to practice sending it to people that um, that you don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you think of um, the power of that, that um, monks in Tibet practice in monasteries, they practice loving kindness every day. Right. And they never leave the mountain at 22,000 or 24,000 feet. Right. They're always there. And yet they believe that they can transmit and generate energy for the entire world. Mm, Beautiful. From the sanctity of these holy places. And so the sanctity of our bedroom or living room is the same thing. They just have the culture that they grew up in where you know that that's possible. And we don't think about it in that way very often. But it's, it's I think, a really good way to think about, I want to make a difference in the world. Yeah. And I'm just sitting at, inside and COVID's still going on. And the, the, I'm still locked down. I haven't gotten my vaccine yet, but I want to <laughs> make a difference. <laughs> mm, that sort of, and it reminds me of what you said before the show, we were talking about something else, but just, a, it was the reminder that we are all, even on plenty of days when we don't feel this way, or if this is not part of your belief system, that we really are all part of one big, vast ocean, one big brew. And if you start playing with that and believing it, just experimenting with it and enjoying it, even if it means five minutes a week, that we are all very in relationship with each other and we are all interdependent. Mm-hmm. Even on the days when it's really easy to for, to forget that, that's a good way to practice. And I think the sending loving kindness to strangers is one really great example of that. I will ask, though, just devil's advocate, because, you know, that's what I do. You know, the, the, the monks high in the Himalayas, um, in some ways, as much as that's austere and disciplined, they always say that it's on, on some level it's easier to practice mindfulness and, and loving kindness and spirituality on the mountain until you have to come down and like walk down fifth Avenue, hang out with your mother for Thanksgiving, you know, deal with the more interactions of the rest of the world that doesn't necessarily practice the same thing. That's where it gets difficult. And I think that's true. And in a very strange way, uh, I, I believe that because the Chinese invaded Tibet in 1959, Mm -hmm. it forced the Tibetans and Buddhism itself to travel down the mountain and to mm. mix with the world. Wow. And even though it came from a very horrible and murderous kind of situation, there are silver linings. And one of the silver linings was that we've been educated in Tibetan Buddhism from that time on. Mm. That's a beautiful way to think about that. I love that. You know, again, that, right, they, like so many other cultures, were ravaged and continue to be. Um, But at the same time, the blessing of having been expelled from their homeland and bringing all their belief systems to the rest of us is is a huge gift. So it's a nice way to look at that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that um, before, um, we'll wait until after the commercial break to talk about, I think, one of the most challenging versions of loving kindness, which has to do with those that we really naturally are not turned on by, and I'm being nice. Um, but before we, I could use much stronger words. I'm trying to be classy. Um, but the other thing here that I think is really important um, that I think about a lot is in trying to catch yourself in moments of loving kindness. I think it's really important when it's, you know, towards yourself, towards strangers, towards people that you, you know, that you don't really like very much, that um, we're not suggesting that 
uh, it's about this, as we would call it, the spiritual bypass, about being like bigger than the situation. It's always important to really feel into the genuine experience of whatever situation you, you're you're feeling. We'll talk more about that, like I said, after the break in terms of like reactivity and trying to rise above it and coming from a place of compassion as opposed to being triggered by anger. But I think that the overall gist, just to tee up to that that piece of our conversation today, is that it's really important to remember that um, the first step in all of this is to honor your feelings because you can't skip the steps, right? How can you get to a higher place of compassion unless you're Therein lies what self-compassion is. It's allowing yourself to have your reactions and your feelings, right? I agree with you, Kelly. Something that I teach all of my clients to have a um, a forgiving attitude. Even mm-hmm. we could use that word: mm. a forgiving attitude of what you find inside of you, because what you find inside of you is a real cocktail. <laughs> a real what? What'd you say? It's a what? A, it's a cocktail. Oh, yes, it is. Yes. With a maraschino cherry sometimes. <laughs> I wish. I wish there was a cherry on top. So it's um, a cocktail of very different, diverse, and often opposing energies. And uh, the deepest way of thinking about loving kindness is to have a welcoming attitude to all of it. Mm. Well, I think that's, we're going to go to break right now. And when we come back, Steve is going to teach us a beautiful meta meditation for loving kindness. And we're going to talk about the most challenging version of loving kindness, which is those that we have disdain and dislike for. We will be right back. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hassenberg and Kelly Alpert. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to One Soul Radio. I'm Kelly Alpert here with spiritual psychotherapist Steve Hassenberg. And we are talking about the ways that loving kindness, employing it in different ways in your life can help to meet life's challenges in a more graceful and perhaps informative and ideally joyful way. If you'd like to join the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, stories you want to share, we are at 816-251-3555. That is 816-251-3555. So we've established a few of the different versions of loving kindness. The fact that loving kindness is rooted first in self-love in the Buddhist tradition and then springs out to people that we um, that are around us that we love, I want to send love to. We've talked a little bit more about um, sending love to strangers and looking for those opportunities to share loving kindness quietly with the people that are quote unquote invisible to us. And here's the one that to me is, I think most people would agree, is the most challenging, the highest minded version of loving kindness, which is people that really put us off, trigger us, represent everything that we don't down to the core, whether it's value systems, political opinions, um, people that, you know, family members that trigger us, whoever it is. So how in the world do you get into a place of loving kindness with the people who just, who you want to? do the opposite of love too. (laughs) Yeah. How do you do that? I I also wanted to say, and we'll do this today a bit. It's a a, a wonderful way of using loving kindness is to send it to war zones Mm -hmm. or to send it to places with refugees. Yeah. And I just wanted to kind of sneak that in there before I forgot about it because it's lovely. Yeah. And so working with people that we dislike, uh, as you said before, it's a very high form of generosity. And uh, on, uh, for me, at times, it's taken everything I've had, mm-hmm. <laughs> taken me to my knees mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And it, it could be a somebody in the world, in the business world for me. And as you said, it, it's often a relative, a mother-in-law, 
or uh, <laughs> somebody's uncle. Not naming any names. We're not naming um, any names, political figures. Yeah, especially in the last many years with just the, div I, I hate to dignify divisiveness because, you know, the goal would be to try to bring us, remember that we're all uh, more unified than we're, than we're remembering right now. But in reality, it's mm -hmm. been a very, um, very splintered nation. And so that's definitely gotten a big rise out of people in so many different ways. That's a big one as well. Yeah, we've been um, in a very black idea, black and white ideological situation. Yeah, with every side being right and every other side being wrong. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the tension of all of that uh, really got to me last year. Yeah, um, doesn't matter which side of the political divide you're on. I think we were all under both anxiety and tension and um, kind of almost emotional disarray. Yeah, and very evenly having this experience. I mean, almost split down the middle in terms of this collective experience, irregardless of which side of the, you know, side of the opinion or aisle you were on, we were all having the same experience. We were. Which is total disdain for the other. Right. So what do you do in those situations or in any of the, the ones that you just mentioned? Well... Of course, what we're <laughs> suggesting today is that you get on your knees and you pray a lot. <laughs> and as you're praying, you send good wishes and um, wishes of safety and good health and happiness to the other camp. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do that today a bit. So before we do that, because you're going to take us through a really beautiful meta uh, loving kindness meditation. Number one, why do we want to do that? You know, I mean, I know ideally we all want to live in peace and we want to live in equanimity and we want to live in harmony with ourselves and with the other, whatever that means. But when you're feeling that sense of being overtaken and haven't we all been overtaken by all of these reactions, both small and individual and larger and collective, you know, number one, why should we care about overcoming that? And then number two, how do you even take the first step to creating space to catch your reaction and maybe try a new route of loving kindness? Well, first of all, there are probably many reasons and there are personal reasons why people would do it. It's, it's very biblical. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm, golden rule. Right. Even if your neighbor disagrees with you politically or ethically or morally. Yeah. Um, why do you want to do that? You want to do that so you have less resistance to life itself. Because if you have a lot of opposing ideas, you're going to have a very mistrustful and difficult time opening your heart. And for somebody on a spiritual path, and this came from a very powerful spiritual path, you want to have a non-resisting opinion and attitude toward life so you can experience it in the present moment rather than based on ideas and history that you've had. Mm -hmm. Projection of our stories, right? Yep. They kind of get in the way of um, the alignment that like the pure, the true intention of what our soul is really here to do, which is not to feel separateness or to feel animus animosity it's really to feel like we're all to remember how collective and how in love we are we are brothers and sisters on a spinning planet that's going 66,000 miles an hour around the sun <laughs> very nice numbers good statistics i would never be able to pull that out of anywhere um <laughs> thank you for that uh, you know, I think about some friends that I have that um, have gotten been very heated and very, you know, had very, very deep opinions about um, what's gone on in the last handful of years politically. And even though now they're still, um, you know, they're they're more in resonance with our current president and what and and the current state of affairs, they're still finding all kinds of reasons and things to be uh, negative about. And so it's kind of a good example that none of this is about circumstances. 
because ultimately it's really about the way we want, what lens we want to use and what choice right. we want to make to sort of see the world in a certain way. Right. Um, so we're going to get to your meta meditation in a moment. We do have a caller. So let me see if I can get our caller on the line. Hi, caller. Are you there? Hello. Hi, I think you need to turn Hi, your you volume to... down on your computer. That might help. Can you... Oh, sorry. Hi. Can, can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Yes, this is Holly Sharp from Santa Monica, California. Hi, welcome. Do you have a, thanks for joining us. Do you have a question or comment about loving kindness? I do. I have, yes. Okay, so I have been practicing loving kindness for about a year. Um, based on uh, Steve being my um, therapist and, and teacher, as well as um, a number of classes I've taken with Sharon Salzberg. Um, so I, I have it, I feel like I have a strong practice, but what I find myself doing, I'm not, this is where I want clarification is if this is the right way, if there, I know that's not quite the correct phrase, but um, the way I'm doing it is if, if someone annoys me or someone, you know, bothers me or someone makes me angry, I, immediately turn to loving kindness and go, may this person be safe, may they be happy, may they be healthy, may they live with ease. And 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 try, and I, I don't know if I'm necessarily trying to turn off those negative emotions, but huh. instead I'm replacing them with that. And so I just want to mm. know if that is, is a effective, that's not the right word choice either, if that's just not, you know, the correct way if I'm misusing the practice. It's a great question, Holly. Can I think I that um, the way Can I, I would the do this, real quick? the way I would do this is to, when you say the word to the individual you're having conflict with, mm-hmm. may you be happy, take a few moments and feel it more deeply. Mm-hmm. Let yourself really feel it in your body. And imagine for a moment that they could feel it. And so then go to the next one. May you be safe. Well, let's hope I'm not... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I think the only thing that's going on, if you're using it against negative thoughts, is you're not putting enough emotional quality into it. Mm. So that's the way I would make the differentiation. The other thing... yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you please. The other thing is, go back to what Callie was saying. Um, you may investigate the reactions you're having and spend some time with those reactions and let those reactions speak to you and then open your love to them as well. So it may be you're still being too reactive. So on the one hand, we spend time with with our reactivity. And the other hand, we spend more emotional time with the messages we're sending. Yeah, I I love this question, Holly. I'm sorry, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was I was wondering, too, this was kind of a follow up as but I love that part about making space. I need to make more space in a lot of areas, so this is a good place to start. Um, the the point that Callie said, too, is also really resonant. Do you think that with more practice that it will, because, you know, as I'm using it as this replacement for these so-called negative emotions, or I guess they're not necessarily negative. I just don't want to think those things about people. I want to there's there's less point in that than than to find the loving kindness so will this eventually just take the place of those emotions will it eventually be more frequent and they'll be less frequent as i do it more often i want the answer to be yes just in case you're (laughs) (laughs) i understand the desire for the answer to be yes believe me i stand in solidarity with you um well i think that uh first of all i was going to say earlier that i think this is a really important question so i appreciate you it's a it's a very human question and i would um, certainly i want to hear from steve as the professional here but um but my my inclination is to is to say yes the answer is yes and i do think that Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that ultimately the common thread here between reactivity and feeling into loving kindness is creating the space and letting whichever one take you over in the moment that it's, that's going to take you over, giving them both permission. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think just the idea of having a, a desire or an intention for loving kindness is a huge start and you already have that in spades. So I think there's certain days where if the reactions are loud, then they're the ones that are asking for your love and attention. And I think that, again, you don't want to skip them because like Steve said earlier, if you're just going to think them away, it sort of precludes the energy of mm-hmm. what you're trying to send out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the more you sort of love them and that they start to gen- kind of gently dilute, the the other starts making um, making more way, you know, starts mm-hmm. finding its way and, and, and becomes a little bit more pronounced and a little bit more reflexive. What do you think, Steve? Well, the only other thing I was going to tell Holly is the more time we spend doing it for ourselves in the same way that I mentioned, which is when you tell yourself uh, one of these wonderful statements, I wish you great loving kindness. (laughs) We use that. I wish you grace and tenderness. When we Mm -hmm. use that, take some moments, maybe even a minute or two, and feel that in your body and allow yourself to absorb it and most importantly know you deserve it i think that will go a long way mm-hmm. in helping the negative thoughts dissipate does that oh. help you holly does that connect for you yes and it does connect with me and kelly can i ask just I, now i don't want to take up everybody's time but on that that same train then i do suffer from a bit of it's not necessarily guilt but i when i try to sit well I, i'm sitting and i it's the morning where i feel like it's time for me to do loving kindness for myself i often feel like well other people need it more when i know full well and good <laughs> that i need mm. it plenty but but it almost feels indulgent to do it for myself like there's like well, you mentioned the refugees or even our president think of how much he needs it right now and all of this and and you know my family and things like that and then i feel indulgent doing it for myself as if i should be strong enough how do i well it just by doing it i would assume this is going to be the same answer then by doing it and feeling it like really feeling the love really feeling the being healthy being safe being living with ease like oh wouldn't that just be a wonderful feeling if you really did live with ease and to remind yourself that you're the center Mm -hmm. of the wheel Exactly. And all the hubs come, all of the spokes come from that center. And when that center is at peace, all kinds of wonderful possibilities exist. So make yourself deserving because you are deserving. Mm-hmm. And your cup must be full before it can runneth over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. Kelly, yeah. you often say these wonderful little nuggets I write down. <laughs> oh well we're so, so glad that you, you are um, supporting the show and listening and that you're yeah. connecting with uh with what we're what we're trying to share so thank you so much for joining us today absolutely and thank you for this and your podcast wonderful i'm i'm bowing right now to you thank you oh thank well you we're so bowing much. back bless you for that thank you so much that means a lot to us mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. all right be well thank you thank you so let's do, shall we, um, those were really, really special questions that Holly offered Love to you. Very question. beautiful, deep, and, and resonant, and, uni- and important questions for anybody who's on this path. So thank you, Holly, for those. So shall we do a little uh, loving-kindness meditation and take we us will. through? And reminding everybody that this is uh, a nice, streamlined little meditation for everybody. So I want everybody at home and those that are listening and those that are not listening <laughs> to close your eyes, <laughs> relax your body, take a few deep breaths, imagine yourself experiencing physical and emotional wellness, and it's imagination, you just imagine this letting go feeling a warmth inside. And then you say to yourself, and you can say it to yourself, any of these, or say it out loud, whatever works. May I be happy. And you can repeat it 
may I be happy. And let you, as I told Holly, let yourself feel that. What would it be to feel happy? When was the last time I felt happy? May I be happy. May I live in peace. What would it be like in my life if I was living in more peace? How would my actions express that? May I love and appreciate others. May I love and appreciate others. May I be strong. Bask in the feelings, let them envelop you. You always want to start with yourself because as I said, you're the center of the wheel. You're the hub. And be comfortable with giving that energy to yourself. And then what happens, the next step, we're going to do this more quickly. You send it to others. Think of somebody, a good friend in your life, and you'd say, may you be safe and imagine them being safe. Imagine you're transmitting this energy and it's going to their heart and their body. May you be happy and healthy always. It's a beautiful thing. May you be happy and healthy always. May you achieve what you want and deserve in life. And you really feel this for your friend. May you be in peace. And then you go to the next one again. I'm doing this quickly, but you can spend time with these and really nurture yourself. The next phase is people you don't know. And let's go to a war torn area, right? Let's go to a place like Sudan or Syria and think of all the people there. And you would say, may you and I be in peace. I wish you never have to suffer. I wish that you will always be loved. And imagine all these people really receiving what you're saying right now. May we live in health and happiness. And then you can spend time with that. And then we're going to the last one. And the last one or somebody you're in conflict with doesn't even have to be somebody you know. And you say to them, may you have the strength to overcome all struggles. And in that moment, you really mean it. In that moment, this is a selfless experience. You're selfless in your love for them. May you have the strength to overcome all struggles. May you always be honest and truthful. And this is interesting to say this to somebody you're in conflict with, but you say it anyway. May you get all the happiness that you deserve in life. And may you be surrounded with people who love you and care for you. And you really feel them receiving that in their heart. And even saying it like I am now, I feel better. I feel uplifted. There's an energy that's inspired in me. There's a lightness of heart. There's a lightness of spirit. And then the more you give away, the more comes that comes back to you. And then you take a few deep breaths. Really appreciating yourself and what you've done. And then you open your eyes. Loving kindness meditation. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you for that accelerated version. Um, and it really is true. You really start to feel a little bit of energy. It's also sort of a, um, a play of imagination. Right. You know, if it's not, if you, if you don't want to believe, if you think this is all sort of a crock or how could somebody in a different country feel anything that I'm thinking about them today, or I hate that one, how, and well, you know, how could I possibly harness or summon up energy to send them love? But it's almost like an acting as if, and it really does uh, work. I mean, it softens the energy and you can really feel the idea of a transmission happening there. That's beautiful. I love the idea of it being selfless. 
the idea of um, loving kindness toward especially those that we dislike being selfless. So thank you. Let's get to our action steps so we can leave our beloved listeners with today. Um, so we have a few love, uh, loving kindness action steps to help incorporate into your life. And Steve did a nice job of teeing them up based on this practice that he just shared. So create a mindful practice and come up with a statement, summon up your inner writer or artist and just create a statement that you use on yourself to create a new reality, such as I hope you prosper, or I wish you health, or I love you. It doesn't matter. Something positive that you want to give back to yourself as a way to just kind of um, fortify the energy of sending love to you. Second one, do a loving kindness exchange with a friend. Call someone, Steve, hey, I love you so much. You are so special to me and such a dear friend. And then you have them mirror back to you, whatever it is that they want to share with you. I love you so much. You're so special to me. And you're a wonderful friend. <laughs> that was impromptu. Um, but that would just is something as simple as that. And it's fun. And it's just a way of expressing love to people that you you know you already love. So it's just a way of giving it more energy and feeding it more fuel. And then again, that sort of energy begets more of that kind of energy in different ways. And finally, send love to a stranger, someone who represents something that you're adverse to. Um, like Steve said, it could be strangers in war-torn areas that you don't know. It could be somebody who believes in a politician that you think you despise. Um, I will tell you, again, I'm speaking from pure experience. I know Steve has these stories, too, that we didn't have a chance to get to today. I've had a few in the last year, a few spontaneous, unplanned, unintended moments where I was doing some sort of meditation or receiving Reiki from someone, and I was suddenly brought to tears with empathy for the other side in the deepest way. And it was really the most beautiful, and again, not selfless, um, because I was deriving so much joy from the purity of my emotions in that moment. Um, so yeah, try to send love to somebody that you would be the last person on earth you would tend to send love to. So again, just to repeat these, create a mindful practice, write one statement to use on yourself to create a new reality, um, a new kind of affirmation, if you will. Although I know in, in loving kindness, they don't use the word affirmation so much. Um, I hope you prosper. I wish you health. I love you. You're beautiful. Whatever it is you feel like telling yourself that day. Try a loving kindness exchange with a friend. And finally, send love to a stranger, someone who is somebody that you typically would not think you have much in common with in the hope of remembering that we all are one being, right? So with that, we want to thank everybody for listening. We send you all loving kindness. We hope that in this world, in this time, when it's especially needed, that we can all summon up a little extra love in all different directions. We want to thank Unity Online Radio always. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can find us on Instagram at One Soul Radio, on Facebook at One Soul Radio Podcast. Please let us know any topics, any issues that you'd suggest we talk about. And next week, our show is just going to be a lot of fun. The magic of synchronicity. Steve and I are going to have a contest to see who's got more magical synchronicity stories. I'm already adding them up on my side. I'm so excited about this one. So we want to thank everybody for listening and wish you a beautiful week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.